Hey, Mama. If you are a mom and are tired of the wash, rinse, repeat burnout cycle of motherhood, this podcast is for you. If you feel lonely and isolated in your motherhood journey, this podcast is for you. If you feel like you have completely lost your identity since your babies were born, this podcast is for you. If you feel like every other mom has it together except for you, this podcast is for you. My name is Amanda, and I'm a life coach dedicated to teaching every mom the tools she needs to liberate herself off the back burner. I am living proof that a woman can be present and loving to her kids while also being a whole ass person outside of being that kid's mom. The secret? Learning when to say fuck it. Hello, my beautiful mamas. I don't know how you're feeling today, but today's been rough for me because I've had period cramps from hell all day long. Like they just won't ease up. I've taken ibuprofen. I've taken Tylenol. I've done the heat pack thing, tried walking around. Like they just won't go away. And I just had to take a step back and be okay with the fact that my body is revolting against me today. Um, <laughs> and I had to let go of my expectations for this work day, just for this day in general, because I'm also not cooking dinner. I refuse. Um, and intentionally take care of myself. Because we don't do that. We reluctantly take care of ourselves, right? We will push ourselves to the brink of what we can handle. And usually we'll go over that that cliff edge right there. You know, we'll be right there and think, no, no, I can handle more. It's fine. Um, and then end up a sobbing mess. Uh, that's usually our go-to is to just keep going, even though we're miserable, even though our bodies need us to to stop, to rest, to just lay around with the heat pack all day long and be miserable. <laughs> um, and we don't do that. We will reluctantly give up. And then we'll, while we're taking care of ourselves, we're actually just beating the shit out of ourselves, right? We're just <laughs> laying there completely reluctantly and in our heads, we are, we have like the meanest of mean girl soundtracks going on saying stuff like, I'm such a lazy piece of shit. What's wrong with me? I should be pushing through this. I should be doing more. I should, I should, I should. But how about we change that narrative that is really shitty, right? Um, I don't really think that narrative serves anybody. I'm going to go out on a limb and declare that it does not serve you. And let's instead be intentional in taking care of ourselves. Just like we are intentional in taking care of our kids. If our kids are sick or they're hurting or they're struggling in any way, we drop everything and take care of them. And then it's okay. 
then it's okay if we're missing work or we're only doing like 20% of the work that we expected or whatever the percentage is because we have to take care of our kids. That's okay. But if we have to do that to take care of ourselves, then it's not okay. Then we're weak and we should have pushed harder. So that's where I'm at today is intentionally taking care of myself today. I didn't realize that I was going to be spending the day taking care of myself, but that's not a problem. It's not a problem that my perceived notion of how this day was going to go is different than the reality of this day. It's okay. And you know, I just had a thought and I don't know if I'm going to choose to keep it because I am still very bitter about the whole women have to have a period once a fucking month and men don't have to have anything happen to their bodies once a month. Like I'm very bitter about that still, but I just had this thought. So I'm just going to pose it and please let me know your thoughts on this thought that I'm about to share with you. (laughs) What if the reason we have a period once a month is to get us to stop? Maybe that's like the universe's design to intentionally force women to pause once a month because we are all so designed and ingrained to go, 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 go. Food for thought. It is a nicer way to look at life than, you know, women just have the short end of the stick all the time. So I don't know, maybe I'll choose to keep it. Maybe not. Who knows? Maybe that'll help you the next time you're menstruating. But I'm here, even though I have a heat pack on my stomach. I've have, I have keep having to switch it from my stomach to my back because I, <laughs> I get period cramps in my back. I get like fucking back labor every month. It's ridiculous. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. And then the pain shoots down my legs. Why? Why? This is ridiculous, but it is what it is. And I need to stop resisting my reality. This is how I experience periods. It's not always like this bad where I'm just done for, for a day. Um, and even still, I'm not completely done for because I am here showing up for you guys. Put makeup on for you brushed my hair. I put like real clothes on. I am wearing sweatpants that you can't see. Um, but fuck it. I work from home. Y'all can just see me from the, not even boobs, not even full boobs, boobs up, tits up and let's go. So I put a sweater on for you guys. Plus it's really comfy and cozy. Um, I lost my train of thought. Anyways, I did not hop on here to talk about our menstrual cycles. That's just the intro, um, because that's where I'm at today. (laughs) Um, and if you didn't see my Instagram post that I did today, I shared a reel from Elise Myers. And if you're not following her, go follow her because she's just wonderful and insightful and hilarious and just so real and authentic. But she, when she recorded the video was pregnant I think she was in her first trimester and, um, she was talking about how she's just the type of person who 
ties her self-worth to her productivity. And all women do this. I have yet to find a woman who doesn't do this. We tie our worth to our productivity. It's just how we're socialized and raised and brought up. I digress. But she said how she had to let go of this thought that she kept having that she was a piece of shit for not giving 100%. And then she did a pie graph graphic um, that had like 80% and then 20%. And she said, you know what? All I have to give today and most days now that I'm growing this tiny human inside of me is 20%. So if I show up every day giving the 20% that I have to offer, I'm giving 100%. And that's how I'm going to choose to look at it now. 20% is the new 100%. Because the other 80% that I can't give you or anybody else is currently being devoted to making a human from scratch. And that's just going to have to be okay. And even if you're not making a human from scratch, like, why do we put this expectation on ourselves of having to show up 100% of our capacity every single day? Like, when we really take a step back and, like, think about that, that's so unrealistic. <laughs> We're not machines. We're not machines. And even machines break down. After being used for so many days at 100% capacity, day after day after day after day. So if today, my dear lovely mama listening to this, or if you're not a mom, if dear lovely listener, thank you for tuning in, mom or not, if you only have 20% to give today or 50% or 75% or 30% or fucking 10% or 5%, whatever it is, if you that's all you've got for today, but you give 100% of it, you are still giving 100%. You're still showing up. And that's all that's actually asked of us. But now that we're a nine, nine and a half minute long intro, <laughs> this probably should have been a whole podcast. It probably will be one day. But this podcast is about not jumping into the pool with your kids, aka not believing their stories. And I'm sharing this because I'm now mostly on the other side of learning this lesson because I, so here's the deal. I have four girls and I want to intentionally raise four strong, independent thought leaders who are going to grow into women who are going to make history. That's my goal. No big deal. <laughs> no pressure. But in, in all sincerity, like I'm very much about generational change. And so I think about how it was how it was for my grandma when she was growing up and then how it was for her as a mother and then my mom and then me and now my kids. And I see the incremental changes and it's so beautiful. And so the thought that I'm always having is how am I going to up level now coming from where I came from and knowing where my mom came from and her mom came from? How am I going to up level for my kids so that they can up level me? Okay. 
And I'm like, they have to have autonomy. They have to have emotional freedom. They have to have security and love in themselves and get their validation from inside. That's desperately what I want for them now, not to have to learn when they're 30 (laughs) because they hit rock bottom one too many times. But the thing is, is that if I actually want this, this means that I have to let control, I have to let go of the idea that my job as their mom is to control them. If I want them to grow up refusing to be controlled, I'm going to need to make space for the words they want to say if I want them to grow up to unapologetically speak their minds. And I'm going to have to take a step back and allow them to fail if I want them to grow up to be completely resourceful and independent. And this all sounds nice and shit on paper, but it's really fucking hard to actually do when you're in the nitty gritty of it. Because when you're in the nitty gritty of it and your kid is saying shit like, you don't give a crap about us. And I don't want you to be my mom anymore. And I'll just run away and then you won't be my mom. All of which I heard this morning, by the way. It makes me just want to go fucking old school on their asses. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be like, why did I think this was a good idea? <laughs> fuck space. Fuck autonomy. You can't talk to me that way <laughs> because I said so. Let's go full old school, right? But here's the thing. On days when I have lost my temper and I have like tried to put the kibosh on it and that whole old school, like, don't fucking talk to me that way. You need to respect me just because you do thing. Two things happen. Um, one, my kid does not fucking change. (laughs) They may like stop talking, but they're like thoughts and views and opinions and they just bottle it instead. Like they didn't change. Um, they're not suddenly a new person. And also, I feel really shitty inside afterwards. Like, it just feels really, really shitty in my body to be that mom because that's not who I am and that's not who I want to be. It just isn't. Um, so I've been towing this line of figuring out what me raising future female leaders looks like. And I, I'm learning every single day. I'm learning um, because it's hard and I there isn't a manual to follow. And trying to balance autonomy and boundaries, it's really fucking hard. Like they don't even really like go to get, they do, but they don't. And it's hard. And something you may be surprised by is that... Uh, I had to do a shit ton of work on myself. Like what this looked like was me doing work on myself, not taking any particular actions, not implementing a specific parenting style or disciplinary style. It was me going in because that's always the answer is going in and fixing your own shit. And so 
on days when I would lose my temper and I would jump in the pool with them, the pool of emotion, I, once my, once I like calmed down from my anger (laughs) and I would like reflect on what just happened and I would reflect on the words that my daughters said and the way that I felt inside when I heard them say those words. And then I sat there with it until I found the thoughts because our thoughts create our feelings. It wasn't my kid who created my feeling of hurt. It was my thoughts. And what I discovered every single time, it was that my kid had pricked a wound, an insecurity about myself that was already there. And that is true anytime you get defensive, my friends. Anytime you get defensive, it's because somebody has accidentally or intentionally or whatever, but they have found an insecurity about you that you already had. They found a nasty thought about you that you already had in the back of your mind that you don't like about yourself and they they just pricked it and then you get defensive. You don't get defensive when someone says something that you don't believe is true about yourself. This is the perfect example that I heard from Brooke Castillo, who is just like the queen of life coaches. If you haven't heard of her, um, go Google her immediately. She has a podcast too called uh, the Life Coach School Podcast. And you don't have to be a life coach to listen and learn from that. She just shares all of these amazing tools. But anyways, um, it's the blue hair analogy. So if somebody came up to you and said, you know what? I just fucking can't stand you and your blue hair. Okay. Like your blue hair is just loud and obnoxious and it's unnatural. And like, why, why is it blue? Why did you choose blue? I think it's so stupid and I hate it. If someone said that to me, I would be really confused because I'd be like, my hair isn't blue. So I don't know what problem is. The same is true with any insult that someone tries to throw at us, okay? We won't get mad or defensive or have any sort of feelings really other than confusion when someone says something negative about us unless we believe them, unless there's a part of us that says, yep, that that checks, that checks, but fuck you for bringing it up. (laughs) because I don't have blue hair. So why would I take that offensively? So whenever my kid says something that it hurts, you know, I could say the old me would have said, you know, that really hurts me. Your words hurt me, but her words didn't hurt me. My thoughts about myself hurt me. Her words just happened to activate my hurt that was already there. (sighs) Insecurities like I'm fucking everything up. They don't get enough attention from me. I'm bad at dividing myself between four of them. I'm short-tempered and not patient enough amongst a plethora of others. And maybe some of those will sound familiar. I'm sure they will. So 
I had to do the work to replace them with different thoughts because thoughts are just sentences in your brain. They're just stories that your brain is offering up to you. You actually get to choose whether you want to believe that or not. So whenever you find a thought that makes you feel like shit, take a step back and question it and be like, wait, do I want to believe this? Is it serving me? And then if not, change it. Go to work to change it. And that's exactly what I did. So I've been working on replacing those shitty thoughts about myself as a mom with ones like this. I am not perfect, but I was never supposed to be. I gave my all today, and that's all I can ask of myself. I love my kids and show up every day, so I am doing a great job. I am the perfect mom for Eowyn and Aria and Laurelyn and Oswin. I am the perfect mom for them. No one else could mother them the way that I do. They need me as their mom. So I'm going to share the morning that I had with you guys because uh, I was really proud of myself this morning. Um, my kids were not all of them. No, not all of them. One in particular. Uh, and yeah. So anyways, she was just in a mood and this particular child and I have gone back and forth many a times. We clash with the best of them, butt heads with the best of them and love each other very, very hard with the best of them. But we butt heads. She's very outspoken and strong and is not afraid to tell me exactly what she thinks, which I got a lot of this morning. <laughs> so she woke up and she's had a cold all week. And Wednesdays are a very heavy dance day for her and her sister. And so she woke up sore, which is not abnormal for a Thursday because Wednesdays are a long dance day. And she was just like, incapacitated. She was just like, I'm dying. I can't go to school like this. And I was like, you're going to be okay. It's just a cold. I know it sucks. I know it feels uncomfortable. The mornings are always the worst part. And as far as like your soreness goes, I could give you an ibuprofen. You can do some stretches, but we are going to school. And, uh, she decided to retaliate or come back at me with, you don't give a crap about us. You're literally doing nothing to help us. Because her and her sister both woke up feeling gross with this cold. Um, and I stayed super calm and zen. I did not, this entire morning, I did not get activated. I did not jump in the pool with them and believe all of their stories and get sucked in to their emotion. I did not let the fact that they were activated activate me. It was such a huge moment for me. So she said, you don't give a crap about us. You're literally doing nothing to help us. And then I said, um, I offered you ibuprofen, which you refused. And then I told you to stretch. I offered to make you guys some tea for your sore throats. I understand you guys are uncomfortable, but you aren't dying. So you have to go to school. And then she said, you have no idea how we feel. You don't know what it's like to feel awful and still have to go to school. I didn't really roll my eyes at all when she said that. <laughs> I just took a deep breath. 
breath. And I said, yes, I do. I've been sick many times and still had to show up for my day. Unfortunately, this is just a part of life, kiddo. A lot of times you have to do life uncomfortable. You can't force me to go to school. Yes, actually I can because I'm your mom. Well, I choose for you not to be my mom anymore. You can't do that. No matter what choices you make in your life, none of them will take away the fact that you came out of my body. <laughs> and then she said, the little shit, she said, if I run away, then you won't be my mom anymore. This was the moment because that was a pretty, that was a pretty big, you know, punch, right? That she threw. <laughs> I just took a breath and I said, nope, I'd still be your mom. So if the cops ever found you, they'd bring you home to me because I'm your mom. But you are correct. You could run away. I hope you don't do that because I think you'll find that your life will be a lot more miserable if you're homeless and alone, but you do have that choice. However, since you have not run away, you are going to school. <laughs> this is verbatim, like what I said to my child after verbatim what she said to me. And then she got pissed because none of her shit was working, right? She was trying to activate me and push my buttons and fight and it wasn't working. And she, so she tried one more time. She said, you sound like a robot. See, you don't care at all. And I was like, I absolutely do care about you. I just refuse to jump in this pool of emotions with you. You're very activated right now and I'm choosing to not let you activate me. And that's it. And eventually I walked out of the room because my six-year-old was yelling from the top bunk for me to get out of her bed because she didn't like me filing my nails on her bed. And I said, like, your bed isn't getting harmed. Like nothing is happening to your bed. I don't care. It's my bed. Get out. And I did say at that point, like, hey, you guys need to stop talking to me this, this way. I did like revert a little bit back to that, but I did get up and leave because it is her bed. And there are so many times when I am telling them to get out of my bed because it's my bed. I want to respect that it actually, it is her bed. Okay. If they were like cutting their toenails or something, which I wasn't doing, but if they were filing their nails in my bed and I said, Hey, go do that somewhere else. That actually is a, a reasonable, like, ask. I feel you might have different thoughts and, you know, you might be thinking you would handle it a different way if your child ever said that these things to you and that's fine. But I just want to offer to you again, how does it feel in your body when you make different choices, when you fight your kids, when you're trying to force them to respect you, respect whatever the fuck that looks like. Um, because respect is just a thought. It's not a circumstance. It's a thought. Respect will look different for different people. Some people have a very militant, like hard ass view on what it looks like for them to be respected. Respect can also be a feeling too. I don't know. I can't get too, I'm not going to get all meta on here. It's a thought, okay, is what I'm trying to say, because different people have different expectations of what it means for someone to respect you, like the actions that the, the other person has to take in order for you 
to have the thought they respect me and have the feeling of respect, it's different. It varies. Respect is a thought. Going to leave it there. And then, so we did end up getting in the car and on the drive there, she was complaining of um, some friend drama that she's having. And I was listening to her and I offered her advice that I would offer anybody else, which is just like, you know what? You can't change other people. And I know that these behaviors are annoying to you, but all you can do is just focus on yourself. You can't change someone else. And if they're bothering you or if they're like, you know, violating a physical boundary because she's complaining of one girl like hopping on her back and like choking her a little bit. I'm like, obviously that's not okay. Just remove yourself. Just remove yourself from the circle. Go sit and eat your lunch somewhere else. It's, it's okay. Um, but you, you're wasting so much energy, mental energy and emotional energy thinking that they are wrong for doing these things that they're doing. They're just being themselves. You have to be like, oh, she's just being her and she's just being her and I'm just going to walk away for right now. Just do you. And she got pissed off because she wanted me to jump in the pool with her to commiserate, to be like, oh, I can't believe they're acting that way. What little brats. And I didn't do that um, because I very strongly believe that People are just who they are. And for the most part, we're all just doing the best that we can with the tools that we have at the time. And that thought really helps me and serves me because uh, I don't particularly enjoy being all angry and pissed off because people are acting a certain way. Um, it's just such a waste of my energy. I would much rather put that energy and have that thought time going into myself and going into my business and going into things that I actually fucking care about. <laughs> and I'm trying to teach this lesson to my kid and she's pissed at me and she's yelling. She's like, I'm not your client. This is, this is how you would talk to a client. Okay. You still have kids. And I'm like, I'm not talking to you like a client. Yes, you are. You're going all life coachy on me. I love that when they throw that at my face. Um, and I said, well, this is, you came to me for advice. I'm giving you the advice I would give anybody. If friends, family, clients, you guys, anybody comes to me for advice, this is what they're going to get because these tools changed my life. So because you're my daughter, I want to share these with you. And she wasn't having any of it. And it's fine. It's totally neutral. She's not ready for that yet. And that's fine. It doesn't mean that I should have handled it differently. It doesn't mean that I should have like jumped in the pool with her and just gossiped and commiserated because that's what a mom should do or whatever. No, I show up as me in my authentic self every single day. That's all I can control. That's it. I can't control my kids' stories, their thoughts, their words, their feelings, their behaviors. That's not my job. It's not your job to control your kids either. Work on yourself. 
And so if you find yourself getting in fights with your children and getting activated by these things that they say, and if you have the thought, they don't respect me, look inside. Stop looking outside because it's the problem is not in your kids or whoever it is who's saying words that you don't like. Because that's all it really is. If we boil it down to a neutral circumstance, because circumstances are always neutral, this person is saying words to you. And then your brain is interpreting it and filtering it to mean you don't respect me or whatever it is. If you go in and you find those thoughts, those thoughts that they're activating, because those thoughts were, were already there. They're already things that you don't like about yourself, things that you're insecure about, things that you think that are wrong about you. If you find those thoughts, then you can do the work to fix it. And that's really the root of the problem. You don't have to agree with my parenting style or the way that I handled my kids at all. I'm not here to tell you how to raise your kids. I'm here to help you manage your brain so that way you're not driving yourself fucking nuts because this parenting shit is so hard. (laughs) It's so hard. And there are a million ways to do it right. There's really only one way to do it wrong and that's abuse. Okay. Aside from that, you're doing okay. There isn't one way to do it. So I just want to offer you thoughts are just sentences in your brain. Your brain is always just offering stories to you, stories that you can choose to believe or stories that you can choose to let go because they don't serve you. Don't believe your brain's stories if they don't serve you and don't believe your kids' brain's stories. I had to slow myself down there because there's too many S's. And I was like, (laughs) don't believe their stories. Don't jump in the pool of emotion with them. You can stand on the outside of the pool, watching them flail around, swearing that they're drowning, but they're not because they know how to swim and they have arm floaties on and the water isn't deep enough for them to drown in. Okay. Just for this analogy, this emotional pool that they think they're drowning in, you don't have to get in it in order to help them. In fact, it's much better if you don't get in (laughs) because then you'll start believing that they're drowning and you'll start believing that you're drowning too while you're in there. It's a mess. You can stay on the outside and watch them calmly as they flail around and tell them you're okay. Nothing has gone wrong. You're not dying. And they're going to scream back that something along the lines of like, you know, you're a horrible mom. You don't care about us. You hate us. That's just their brain story because they're in the middle of fight or flight response because they think that they're dying, but they're not. And you don't have to believe that story. You will save yourself so much stress and emotional agony If you learn how to do this, I promise you, you feel so much better when you stop believing your kids' stories and you stop jumping in the pool with them. Work on your own shit. Don't force them to validate you. 
It never works and it's not their job. You validate you. Don't claim to want to raise strong, independent, free-thinking adults if you can't handle your thoughts being challenged. And I know that was a very strong statement, and I know that there are probably a lot of strong thoughts, but think about it, okay? You can't claim to want to your kids to grow up to be strong, free-thinking leaders if you don't create a space where they can be free-thinking, strong people. I love you guys. Everything I say is always out of love. I hope that this helps you. If you have any questions or anything, (laughs) any thoughts you want to share with me, you know how to get in touch with me. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And you can do this. I believe in you. And if you don't know how to do this, if you're struggling and you want to feel better, sign up for your consultation one hour devoted just to you. And I can show you the solution and explain how exactly I can help you in whatever you're facing. Are you living your one wild life to the fullest? You're not? Why the fuck not? What are you waiting for? The time to live is now, mama. Do not wait until your youngest is in college. Let your dreams hire me for an hour so I can explain how I can help you achieve any goal in your life. You've put yourself off long enough. It's time to pour into you. The link to schedule your 60-minute complimentary consultation is in my show notes. Join the community of Fuck It Moms by following me on Instagram and Facebook at fuck it mothering. That's fuck without the U. So F C K it mothering. Make sure you subscribe to my channel so you never miss your weekly encouragement. And please rate, review, comment, and share. All of these things help with the algorithms so that way when other overwhelmed moms are looking for encouragement, they can find me. Every month I give away one of my favorite books and a Starbucks card to a lucky winner. All you have to do to enter is write a review or tag me in social media when you share an episode. See you next Sunday, gorgeous.